Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Koslowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. And same applies to any professional who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Light the Fight. And as you can see or hear by my voice, there's not a lot of light in this fight right now. Um, been struggling off and on with the cold and uh, did a little traveling this week. So like usual, got uh, made things a little bit worse. Um, it's probably a sinus infection because that's what happens to me every winter. Get a cold, can't shake it for a while, turns into a sinus infection. Or as my wife calls it, a severe man cold. I complain. I ask her to do all these little things for me that I could do for myself. You know the deal if you're a wife listening to this and you're married. Or if you're a guy, you could empathize with me. So if you want to hit up my uh, GoFundMe account, I'm just kidding. Today's episode, though, comes from a request of a father. And the request is an easy request for me to fill because I have answered this question or helped many families with this question throughout the course of my career. And because of the time of year, most of, well, shouldn't say most, a lot of families are dealing with this thing called youth sports. If you're not currently dealing with it, you just got done with the season or you're about to go into a season or you're in the middle of a season of youth sports. And you may not be aware, but sometimes in youth sports, there is something called politics. And sometimes the politics is in your favor. Sometimes it's not in your favor. Well, today's episode, I'm going to be talking about how do you approach a coach with a difficult situation? And the situation I'm referring to usually has to do with you do not feel your child is being being treated fairly. They're not getting the playing time. They're not getting uh, their their dues that they that you feel they've deserved. And sometimes it's pretty obvious. So I'm going to answer this question, giving all of you parents out there the benefit of the doubt that something. Uh, or let's put it this way, that your child is not being treated in the way that you think they should be treated. Now, I'm not referring to treated to like being mistreated or being um, treated badly or abused. I'm referring to your child isn't getting the opportunities to perform. Maybe your child in, in your assessment and maybe other people on the team, uh, other parents believe that your child should be playing a lot more. But for some reason, your child has fallen out of favor with the coach or maybe the coach just favors someone else. In these situations, it always takes a certain amount of tact. It always takes a, a certain approach, how to come at a coach to help you get your message across and to ultimately influence the coach to at least consider your request or take seriously what you feel is um, something that just hasn't been dealt with correctly. Now, there's a couple things that you shouldn't do and there's a couple things that you should do. I'm going to start off with saying the things that you shouldn't do. You should not call the coach and say, I need to have a meeting with you. I need to take time out of your day, out of your life to give me a long, maybe a solid hour to sit down and to share with you all my gripes, my complaints, and to vent at you, the coach. That is not what I would suggest. Now, if we're talking about youth sports, the coach is either not getting paid or if it's like a high school coach, they're getting paid so little Really, their payment just covers some Christmas presents for their kids. Usually coaches in, in high school, if they get paid at all, they're being paid with a stipend. 
a stipend is just a couple checks here or there that they give them just for their time. But really, it doesn't add up to, you know, probably much more than 20 cents on the dollar. So these coaches, regardless of what their reason is to coach, they're not, well, the reason isn't going to be money. They're not doing it for the money. Maybe they want to become a college coach someday. Maybe their child is coaching. Maybe they just have a passion for coaching. But regardless of the situation, even if they're the head high school football coach, that's not enough money for them to make a living off of it. They're going to be a high school teacher and a high school football coach and maybe either have some side businesses including or on top of those things. So they're not doing it for the money. So be very mindful that if you want to set aside time for the coach to take their time out of their life so that they can meet your concerns, that's probably not going to start off very well. Another thing, texting back and forth with the coach to sharing all your complaints, your concerns, your frustrations, I wouldn't suggest that either. Third, telling everyone else that is around the situation, other parents, other people, talking to everyone possible about how much you're, uh, fr- how much you're frustrated with the coach, um, sharing all the unfair and unjust things that you feel that the coach has done, um, really venting to everyone that will listen. That is not good either because even if you're talking to friends, people like to talk. It's called gossip. Even though someone may tell you, oh yeah, I agree with you and I think what the coach is doing is wrong, there's a good chance that person in just passing is going to share your complaints with someone else. They may not share your complaints with the coach, but the person that they talk to, they may share with your coach or they may share it with someone else who then shares it with your coach. Here in Utah, where I currently live and reside, we call this thing, or I call this thing here in Utah, I call it Small Lake City. Exactly how it sounds. Everyone knows someone who knows someone. It's not going to be hard for this information to get back to the coach. And if you think the information is going to get back to the coach in the best, most um, civil, polite proper way, that's not going to be likely either. It's going to usually come out in the most dramatic, more gossipy way, especially if someone direct quotes something that you said in one sentence, it could sound a whole lot worse. Or let's say you're venting to someone, you're pissed off and angry, and you're saying things in a way that you wouldn't normally say it to the coach, that may get communicated to the coach to make you sound like you're way angrier than you really are. Or if you are really that angry, it may be too raw in a way that you wouldn't communicate to the coach. So definitely those three things are something that you shouldn't do. The final thing, the most important thing, is going to lead to my suggestion of what you should do. Fourth, you shouldn't be the one communicating to this to the coach whatsoever. I talk to a lot of teenagers. And when I talk to teenagers, a lot of times they'll tell me they're embarrassed by their parents talking to their coaches about them. If we're in a high school situation specifically, now, I can't say you shouldn't talk to the coach if you're um, an elementary school kid because that's not that's not right for your kid to have to articulate everything that they're feeling and thinking to the coach. But in certain you know younger levels, even in uh, elementary school and middle school, you might want to coach your kid how to at least bring up certain things and ask the coach for help, stuff like that. And my suggestion about the give may not be easy for a younger kid to do, so they might have to do it in small bits and pieces. But I'm mostly referring to high school age kids, uh, teenagers. It's always best for you to help your kid speak to the coach instead of you speak to the coach for them. It does a couple things. It teaches your kid how to get better at something that's going to be a great life skill for them to learn. That's dealing with confrontational or potentially confrontational situations. Having your kid vent to you, 
you getting worked up and you getting pissed off and then you go and talk to the coach. There could be a lot of details that are missed. As much as you love your kid, as much as your kid may be in the right and you may agree with your kid, there may be certain details that are left out when your kid shares a story about the interactions with them and their coach. Not because they're trying to leave out those details, but when people get emotional and people feel like someone's treating them unfairly, they tend to usually focus on the details that they're concerned about. They may forget about small actions and things that they've done to have warranted the coach's um, negative response, criticism, or maybe even not playing them as much. So you always want to help your kids get better at these potentially combative situations, difficult conversations. In life, they're going to have to talk to a, a boss, a manager, a partner, a spouse, um, a partner's parents, friends. These are scenarios that you only get better at diffusing or minimizing confrontation or getting better at connection and seeing someone else's point of view if you practice in difficult um, situations that communication could possibly go south. Well, if your kid needs practice, which this is a great opportunity to practice this because this is going to be important for them to be skilled at as they get older, then this is a good opportunity for your kid to communicate to their coach. Now, as their parent, <clears throat> as their parent, you're going to want to coach them and help them, but you can't coach them and help them if you're worked off and you're pissed off and you want to fight and you want to go and you want to protect your child. You have to take off the hat as the protector and you have to work as the partner. To partner with your kids is a way to see them as they're equally capable of communicating certain things to the coach. Now, you may think that they're not good at it or they have lacked at it, or maybe your kid may flat out just say, hey, could you talk to the coach because I'm too shy or embarrassed? Now, usually when I'm talking to teenagers, they'll either want their parents to not say anything at all, and then they don't want to say anything, and then the parents get frustrated, and the parents say, well, then fine, I'm just going to go say something. And so the kid says, well, fine, I'll just go talk to myself. And then the kid doesn't do a good job at it. Well, that's not good. Also, what's not good is for the parent to get pissed off and go running straight to the coach and possibly making the relationship worse for the kid. Most coaches will look at the kids. I'm not going to say contempt, but they'll look at the kids with, man, you narked me out to your parents. Now I got to get all this heat from your parents and have these long conversations with your parents. Why didn't you just come and talk to me? Now, the coach might not say that, and typically the coaches won't say that, that they're disappointed, frustrated, that you um, snitched on them, told on them, or made them out to be a worse coach than they really are, or made them out to look like they're being um, unfair to you. But if that does happen, meaning your parents come to the coaches and talk to them, high, high probability that that's going to affect, not in a good way, the relationship you have with your coach. It's true from my perspective that a lot of coaches look at kids in this generation and feel kids in this generation are not capable of doing things on their own without running to their parents. I don't think that's a general blanket statement that is true, but a lot of coaches, a lot of adults, not just the coaches, just adults, and obviously if you're going to have a coach, that a coach has to be an adult. So a lot of coaches, a.k.a. adults, look at their past uh, careers with uh the vantage point of, you know, when I was younger, I just had to deal with it. If I wasn't good enough to play, I had to work harder. I had to earn my position. I couldn't have my parents go run and complain to the coaches. And, and to some regard, that might be true. In today's world, though, a lot of parents want to protect their kids from being hurt. If their kids don't feel happy, they feel the need to go run to the coaches. So parents listening to this, it's best for your kid to go to the coach. 
and it's best for you to help your kid go to the coach and coach them how to do it. So if you're emotional, if you're worked out and you're venting to your kid and then you give them advice coming from an emotional place where you're angry and upset, you're not coaching them very well. It's too personal for you. So whatever you need to do, maybe reach out to a friend, maybe re-listen to this podcast. You want to help your kid approach the coach in a way similar to this. Now, this is always my baseline. Now, I don't know every situation that may cause you to go talk to the coach about your kid not having a fair shot to play because it's usually about playing time. It's usually about opportunities. Your kid could be a star player and the coach doesn't feature them. Your kid could be a person that's on the bench and every time they get in the game, they play great, but the coach doesn't play them a lot. There's lots of reasons for that. The coach may think, well, you're an underclassman, so the older classmen have priority. Some coaches are very loyal to the older kids, and even though the younger kids have a lot of talent, they want to play the older classmen. Some coaches don't want uh, a really talented athletic kid to be the feature and to give that kid too much attention, so they'll slow down that kid's process or progress by giving them little bits of um, playing time. Or some kid, some coaches think that a kid's too cocky and needs to be humbled, and so they don't want to give them too much playing time because they feel it'll be bad for their ego. Regardless what the scenario is, if your kid goes and talks to them, it should sound something like this. Not a text message. It should be face-to-face. It should sound a little bit like this. Hey, let's say Coach Johnson. Just making up a name. Coach Johnson, um, I was wondering after practice if I could talk to you just for a couple minutes. Um, I just said, you know, I have a couple questions to ask you uh, that, that would really mean a lot to me if you could just take a couple minutes. Sure, uh, Steve, just making up a name again. Yeah, I'd be happy to talk to you. So once no one is around, isolate them. Say, I don't want to take up a lot of your time. But I was wondering, you know, throughout this past uh, season or throughout the off season, um, I've been trying to pay attention to everything that you've coached us on, trying to focus on things I'm supposed to be doing. I feel that I've done really good in all these areas. And I feel like I could still do more. Obviously, I want to start. Obviously, I want more playing time. Everybody wants that. So I'm not here to complain to you. I'm just wondering, what are some things that I could do that maybe I'm not doing or things I could get better at that if I were to do those things, that would get your attention. It would show you that I'm trying to be the best player I can so that I can help out the team. Now, like I said, I obviously want to start, and maybe I'm not good enough to start. Maybe um, maybe I get in the game, and, and maybe I make mistakes. Whatever it is, I just want to get better for myself, but also so I can be a better teammate. I didn't want to come and complain to you. I didn't want to tell you that, like, you know, why am I not starting to ask you a bunch of questions, like, what's wrong? I literally just want to ask you, what could I do to be better? That's how your kid should approach it. Now, at that moment, you could also say, and I've, I've coached kids, I've counseled this. I usually tell them, and I know I'm catching you off guard, so you don't have to answer me right now, but if you could write a few things down or after practice, some things that are measurable. Because if you say like, um, if the coach says, well, you just need to hustle more. Okay, like in what situations? I, I, and take notes. If your kid pulls out a cell phone and take notes, now I don't think most kids will pull a piece of paper and a pen because they probably don't have one on them, but I know they have their cell phone on them. They take out their cell phone and say, can I take some notes of some things I need to work on? And um, and they just approach it that way and take the notes. The coach is going to take note of them taking the notes. If your kid goes to them and goes to you and say, listen, um, I want to ask you these questions. And the reason why I want to do it, because I don't want, you know, my parents or anything to do that because, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to handle my own business. Wow. The coaches that I've talked to that I've said, hey, listen, tell your students or not students, tell your players if they have an issue, 
to approach you like this. I've actually coached coaches to tell their teammates, hey, if you're unhappy with your playing time, if you're unhappy with all these different types of things, instead of complaining about it and talking about it in the locker room, ask to have a five, 10 minute meeting with me and we can talk about these things and I can give you some pointers, some ideas of things you can work on. And the coaches I've said this to, they said surprisingly, very few kids actually came up to them and took them up on that opportunity. However, the few kids that did, not only were they impressed that they had the courage to do it, because let me tell you guys, the teenagers that came to these coaches, by the way, I have a lot of friends who are coaches, so this is what I'm telling to do this. So my friends who are coaches said, the few kids who came to them and said, hey, Coach Johnson, uh, I was wondering if you could give me some pointers or some things I could do to work on to get better. Those few kids, the coaches were like this. I'm proud of these kids because that was hard, especially for a generation that is texting, that is, um, you know, talking behind each other's backs on social media, complaining about the coaches. This generation, even more so than past generations, are more inclined to go around the coach to complain about the coach, go to their parents, have their parents pissed off and go to the coach when they could just handle that between them. So that my friends that have said, the kids that have come to them and said, hey, coach, could I have some pointers? They said these kids didn't really communicate it that well. But because they were trying to communicate it, because they went out of their way to communicate it, the coach took the time and said, you know what? I'm going to help this kid out. And that meant a lot to them. It meant so much to them that they gave him extra encouragement. They said, remember in those notes that I gave you about what to do? Write down these things. This week, you did a good job in this one. Keep on going. You know, I'm going to throw you in the game a little bit extra. I'm going to give you an opportunity to play a different position that maybe... I don't think you're great at, but you said you wanted to try this position. Let's get you in there so you can see for yourself. Experience and getting reps is important, not just on the field or on the court, but in the communication. Your kids are only going to get better at what they practice. If they get packed, if they get more practice at complaining, they become masterful complainers. If they get better, if they get more reps in practice at communicating, they can become masterful communicators. And it really helps the coach see who's willing to do the extra work because sometimes the work isn't just on the field or just on the court. It's in the communication. I think we all know in any relationship, and there is a relationship between coach and players and on teams, the chemistry of any relationship is so important. And you can't have great chemistry if you don't have great communication. And how are you supposed to have great communication if it's not being practiced and worked through? A lot of coaches, I had a guest on my um, OG Therapy podcast named Robert Johnson. He talks about a great story between him and his coach at the University of Utah, Morgan Scally. They butted heads and they're going at each other. He thought Morgan Scally hated him. He thought he didn't like him. Come to find out, once they sat down and talked it out, that wasn't the case at all. He was trying to teach him something that my friend um, Robert wasn't realizing he wasn't doing at that moment. Once they figured it out, now they're super close. Now he's like, oh my gosh, as a young man, I needed that. But if they didn't work it out and talk about it, he would have transferred, he would have went to a different school and have never had the opportunity to work through a difficult situation. So that's my advice for you guys today. Have your kids be the ones that communicate. And in order for you to help coach them to talk to their coach, then you have to be an example of the same things that you want them to communicate. You can't be angry and pissed off and only venting. You have to help them use their words. Well, first of all, help them find the right words. You can go back to this podcast as, as a little bit of an outline for that. Find the right words and then communicate it. And then it's up to your kids to follow through with it. A couple of these coaches say, yeah, I give these kids the pointers, the notes they go. 
they don't they don't follow through. They're still late to practice. They're not hustling. They're not doing all these other things. All right. Hey, it's the kid's choice. They didn't have to follow through with it. So that's my suggestion for you guys, how to deal with coaches in youth sports, specifically as they get older in high school years. I'm telling you guys, follow this uh, little roadmap and it was going. it is going to help you take a step back and hand the keys over to your kids because they got to drive the vehicle of their life. And in this situation, sports is a great example and a great um, metaphor of life and relationships. As always, you guys, we're sponsored here by 1-800-CONTACTS. Thank you for 1-800 being our community sponsor. And until next time, thank you for helping us to light the fight. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.